Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave DiOrio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two injured Brandons. Just kidding. I only oh. have one. What's up, Sarah? How are you today? I'm well. I'm well. I'm better than a couple Phillies and a, sorry, well, a couple Eagles. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the Phillies too. Let's throw them in. Everybody's disappointing this week. Uh, my name is Sarah Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Sarah Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. Yeah, it was a bad. It was a bad week to be named Brandon on the, uh, <laughs> on, the on, on the Eagles. Where do we Where do we start today? We have a lot of a lot of topics, but we I don't. We, one was super timely. Today should Should we start there? Sure. Yeah. Let's let's please have, do. Let's do please have, do. do I, have, I want to show you something. Hold on. I have this, which is one of my children's sports jerseys, and it is a uh, it is a Ben Simmons children's uh, Sixers jersey. Now, I will say that to get to this jersey, I. Uh, in my son's drawer, I had to uh, move over the Allen Iverson jersey, the Charles Barkley jersey, the Joel Embiid jersey, the Bryce Harper jersey, the JT Realmuto jersey, and the Reese Hoskins jersey. This jersey, the only reason it's still in my in my house is for demonstrative purposes on this show right now because there is. <laughs> No way in hell I would let my child wear a jersey with the last name of Simmons on it ever again. Why would you? Why would you? The, mm, the it's the way the dude is leaving town is just invalidating his whole time here. You know, all right, he wanted to trade. We knew that. We knew this was coming, right? So Fine. He didn't play well here. He does the mature thing and goes, I'm leaving town. Um, and he's demanding a trade and tanking his trade value. You know, it's one thing to want out. It's one thing to want a new start. Fine. Whatever. But you came up small here. You did. There are a lot of people who defended you. And I think that's where a lot of the vitriol comes from, is that we gave the dude time. We gave him support. And he wants out. And not only does he want out, he's going to tank his trade value on the way out. And that's that's unforgivable. It's any any goodwill I had for him is gone. I want him out. I want to see him fail. I want to see him fail spectacularly. Um, maybe. On Sixers on the Sixers court, that would be lovely because we've certainly seen that enough, haven't we? But totally, yeah, totally. And the the whole the whole sabotaging your own trade value. Not only is it tacky, I just don't even understand it as a strategic move. Like, if you really want to be traded, you should be doing things to make yourself, I don't know, tradable. Yeah. Uh, instead, you're making you're making teams. I, I I get what you're doing. You're like, okay, I want to stick it to the Sixers because they threw me at the, they wanted to trade me last season. They threw me under the bus after this loss. I don't like the way that went down. I get it. You want to stick it to the Sixers, but ultimately your goal is to get out. Now the Sixers 
the, their only play at this point is to not trade Ben because he's made his value so low that it's more valuable to just hang on and hope either there's a, a battle of wills and, and Ben blinks first or a team comes along and just says like, okay, yes, here's your godfather offer that, that you've been waiting for. Otherwise, I mean, you're going to find him every day and you're just going to sit. And ultimately it's not going to cost you as much as it you know normally would have. Oh, look who joins the party. Hello, Gene. Hello. <laughs> you can find him on Twitter at producer Gene. You can show the you can find the show at Potadelphia. We said 920, right? 920, just like always. False. False. Gene's falling back five minutes. Um <laughs> Which, although the season's changing, the clocks aren't. Well, Gene, before you jump in, I want to badmouth Ben Simmons some more. So, oh, go for it. Yours. <laughs> so, the the Sixers have to prove that they won't trade him for nothing. So, Ben Simmons has forced the Sixers' hand. They have to at least act like they're going to keep him. You know, if the Sixers say, screw this guy, yeah, we'll we'll take, you know, pennies on the dollar, mm. well, nobody wins. Maybe Ben wins. I don't know. I don't know if you want to go to a team that's that's bargain basement shopping. You know, that might not be a great sign. But the Sixers have to show that they are willing to hold on to him. They have to channel the, the bitterness of Bobby Clark and Ed Snyder with Lindros <laughs> and go, you'll sit for the whole year. Like, like we'll get you, we'll get you a wonderful, you know, we will deliver a top end recliner to your home and we will find you from home, but they have to show a stubbornness, a vindictiveness. I think I might be the right girl for this job. Sixers mm -hmm. call me. Um, there's one thing I do well and it is spite, mm -hmm. but go for it. Go, no, you have to prove that, that you're not going to give them away for nothing. Yeah. The ideal situation for Ben is something like. I don't know. The Warriors trade a one to the Sixers for for Ben Simmons, which would be a terrible one anyway, yeah. and they yeah. don't care. And Ben goes to a, an immediate contender that didn't have to dismantle any of its core to acquire him. So that's Ben's ideal situation. Diminish your trade value to a point where the team acquiring me doesn't have to give up much of its core or uh, winning potential to, to acquire me because – you're not getting much winning potential when you're adding Ben. Or he's not going to be like a key piece. He's not a Batman. He's not a Robin. He's not an Oracle. I don't know what he is. Like, well, how far down the <laughs> Damn Batman? Great, he's not a Oracle. Oracle's how far like... down the Batman pantheon. Do we have like Bat Kid or something? Like, I, I don't. Bat Mike. Was is he that Bat a thing? Oh yes, it's a thing. He... Is that Batman's like grandson or something? No, no, no. It, it was like it was like uh, it was like the Batman version of that little green guy from the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's like Batman's Gazoo. version of the Gazoo, great Gazoo. Right? It was yeah, Gazoo. It's like that, that. Yeah, he was sort of yeah. a you know a mischievous sprite. Oh, oh man, look at that a little Batman Lord. A couple days late for Batman. See, I was days. thinking, I was thinking that uh, Ben Simmons is acting a little bit like Mister Freeze. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, explain. Well, because you know his shot is very, very cold. Um, Mr. Freeze, Mr. Freeze has ice in his veins, and we know for certain that Ben Simmons does not yeah. have that. Yeah, I think I, I think I tweeted today. It was like, 
We begged you to take like when you when he came into the league, it was like, please, if just just shoot a three. Like, please just shoot a couple threes a game. And then it was, please just take a jumper. Like a mid-range jumper would be great. And then it was, please, please, free throws. Can you work on the free throws at least? And then it's, please, oh, man, can you make an open dunk? Like with no one there? Like just dunk it? Can you do that? And now all of a sudden, because of those expectations, uh, Rich Paul and Clutch Sports are like painting us as the the villains of the NBA. Like, imagine for a second, you asked a number one overall draft pick in the NBA to shoot the fucking <laughs> basketball. Like, imagine that for one second that that made sense in your mind. Yeah, and and we don't want to infantilize, you know, Ben saying like, oh, he's not up to or whatever. But Dave, when you were giving those examples, the one thing that that occurred to me was like begging my son to to eat his dinner. You know, it's like you have to eat this much chicken and you have to at least try the vegetables. Like, you know, and it's just it's the same exact frustration with Ben. You know, it's like, please take a three. Take a three. If you take a three, you can play defense all day okay you know you you want to go slam the ball you can slam the ball but you gotta throw a a three first you know ben like we we are sick of this our patience is running thin you know ben ben needs a timeout but i don't want i like i don't want them to just give in and do what Ben and, and Rich Paul ultimately want them to do, which is trade them to the Warriors for a one or something ridiculous like that. I, I mean, at this point, you might as well let them sit. I mean, you're not going to get the value that you need to make it even worth the trade. So in my mind, this strategy just doesn't make sense. And it's kind of going to blow up in their face because I think the Sixers are prepared to just let them sit. I think that that's what they're banking on is that the Sixers feel like if we don't capitalize on this window that we're in with Joel Embiid and they feel like the Sixers are sort of non-competitive without a complimentary star to Joel Embiid. This is where I defer because I think, or differ, not defer, defer. I think that the Sixers still are going to be a very talented basketball team, even if they just come back with how they are constructed. I think that uh, Tobias Harris showed last year that he can hold up, you know, like an 18 point average pretty consistently. He's um, able to maintain a fairly stout three point average. I think that they could acquire a couple of role players um, that could, I mean, I think Joel Embiid is that good, that dominant, that if you put the right pieces around him, and since you won't be trying to cater to Ben Simmons' style of play, and you can just double down on how can we just make Joel Embiid the best, um, mm-hmm. then, you know, you, you you get a bunch of guys that can just chuck threes, you know, and you, you, you just, you know, I, I mean, I know J.J. Reddick's retired now, but you know, there's a, there's guys that sort of do what he does. Um, 
go and find them. And it's going to, you know, I, I guess my only concern is like, you know, what do you, what are you doing with that? I mean, Ben Simmons is a lot of dead money. And if you're going to not play him, you are handcuffed by the fact that you have all of this dead money. Um, you know, that sort of is problematic because you're only talking about a very limited roster. It's not like football where you've got 53 people. Um, but this this is not the way I think this is how they think the NBA is and that if when when stars just say I want to be traded that that's just how it works now um and but I has, think with has certain been... with certain guys it has worked because I think that other teams want them that much like when James Harden said I want to be traded and I will not play till I am a lot of other teams were like not going to start dropping their offers because they thought that Houston was desperate. Maybe they did a little, but you know, there are still teams that were putting up very competitive offers for, for Harding. I, I don't well, know yeah, that teams now are going to do that for Ben Simmons. Yeah. Because he hasn't proved it. You know, what, what has he proved? You know, Gene, you say other stars and I'm like, Ben's a big name, you know? And I, I don't mean to be completely dismissive of his game, but it's, you know, he won a defensive player of the year, didn't get it. But he he hasn't proven it. He hasn't shown, hey, climb on my back. Um, I'll carry you to the playoffs. It's, hey, climb on my back. It's an easy way to climb on, on Embiid's back. You climb on my back and together we'll climb on Embiid's back. Yeah, it's... It's so incredibly frustrating. But Gene, you bring up very good points about that dead cap space. You know, that's that could force the Sixers' hand more than anything Ben would do. I mean, we I mean, we give him the max contract with the idea that he was going to be here for a long time. <clears throat> that's frustrating. Yeah, I don't know how that money works if he doesn't play. Well, I mean, so, I guess they get some of it back because of the fines. Well, but I, I mean, not against the cap. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to help but, us this season. Um, yeah, I mean, it just means that you can't go and get that complimentary star that you, you've, you know, that I guess that they're banking on that they feel like the Sixers are going to need. But the real problem is sort of like the, the initial point was by by sort of making this move, you're you're not providing the Sixers with the leverage that they need. You know, a happy Ben Simmons who's ready to come in and play for the for the season and it sort of in a way, auditioning maybe. The Sixers you get, and Ben you get a lot more value out of that guy. Yeah, I mean, I think the Sixers and Ben Simmons ultimately want the same thing, which is to not be together anymore. But they should be having a much more um, amicable and that's divorce. The point: the the fastest way to for them to get apart is for them to come together. Ironically enough. Yeah, I mean, that, if they come out and win like. 12 of their first 18 games and you know Ben looks good doing it and shows off a couple of new tricks. I think that there's teams that are going to be like, "Oh yeah, no, I we, I think we want that guy." Right, but you know, Ben doesn't Ben <laughs> I don't know if he wants. And so and, did you hear about this other nonsense? Um this guy Jason Dumas <laughs> or is that a fancy way of saying dumbass? <laughs> It's funny because I was talking about this guy today, and I I remembered that um, that commercial. It was uh, it was like a it was like a A and W root beer commercial. Yeah, it was like I oh. I can't wait to work for dumbass and dumbass. <laughs> like I'll be a great asset. For, when can I get started, Mister Dumbass? <laughs> it's Dumas. Dumas. Um, 
Anyway, he tweeted, Ben is well aware of how the majority of Sixers fans feel about him. There are several organized groups planning to go boo him in Camden the day camp opens. He wants no part of that. There are several organized groups? Did you get your yeah. invite? I didn't get no. my invite to the Boo Ben party. No, no, I, I definitely like to would go. have been invited to that. I'm definitely on that mailing list. <laughs> yeah, we really should be. I mean, right. we should co-promote it. You know? who, who, like, who do you think the organized groups, like if this was even remotely true? Uh, yeah, I would be like, Luke oh yeah, tell me all about them. Tell me all about these Boo Ben groups. Yeah, it would be, it would, ha- it would, de- uh, Cataldi would definitely be involved in some capacity. WIP morning show for sure. Um, like, what's another like organized, but is that an organized group? Uh, <laughs> like the, the Lions Club the term- of, <laughs> like what? <laughs> I just don't understand who this is. Like the, the pandemic crew, are they going down? They may be more organized than, than anybody else. We hey, have the I've with those guys coming up. very organized. <laughs> we have the Freemasons nonsense. coming out, and they they know how to lay bricks, so they and Ben have a lot of things in common. That's cold. Um, yeah, it's just all nonsense playing off of Philadelphia's a bad fan base narrative to drum up sympathy for a first overall pick basketball player that won't shoot the ball. That's and the you thing know that's what? always I really surprised hate me. To say this. I really hate to say this, but the all the old timers, they were right all along. Yeah, it's annoying. They were, every step of the way, the process was a bust. It didn't work. You got Embiid because he sort of fell into our laps. Like yeah. it wasn't even the process really. That I mean, it was just his injury. We didn't do so hot in the lottery the way we thought we were going to. They, and, I mean, what do you mean we didn't do so hot? In the, we have two number one picks. We, they, we just whiffed. Oh, well, we whiffed horribly. On, we whiffed on horribly. both. We whiffed on, on the, the number two pick with Okafer. I mean, we're our own worst Nerlens enemy Noel with was all a better player this. than Okafor. What's that? Nerlens Noel is a better NBA player than Okafor. Um, so it was total failure. Uh, ben is a failure. Uh, because only... this is what we were trying to avoid. We were trying to avoid being a team that was going to be a perennial mid-level, mid-level seed that was just going to go two rounds and out for four years in a row. And then Embiid was going to retire. I mean, all of this stuff over the last, I don't know. Nine months has just why? Why am I even doing? Why am I even on a show? Like why am I even doing a show? You could watch, you could watch an episode of this show from uh, I don't know eighteen months ago where I'm sitting here singing the praises of Ben Simmons, Carson Wentz, defending Sam Hinkie, and and now here we are. Yeah, it's you know it, it's it's a bad day to give people the benefit of the doubt, isn't it? What you happened know. to the Roaring Twenties? Remember, that was like a thing. It was like, ah, oh, Philadelphia sports renaissance. The Roaring Twenties are coming. All the teams are going to finish their rebuilds at the same time. What, or they were going to go back show. into rebuilds at the same time. What's that, Gene? I said, or they were all going to go back into rebuilds at the same time. Well, I don't I think everyone finished their rebuild and to to varying degrees of success or I don't know. It's, I mean, the Sixers did the, the epic tank 
you know, trusting the process that netted us Embiid and a lot of cheap tickets for a lot of years. And, you know, the, the Flyers did their rebuild on the fly, which, you know, Hextall never pulled the trigger to, to complete it and ended up costing him his job. The Phillies, I mean, I guess if, if you want to call Bryce Harper a rebuild, we rebuild. Oh, my God. The Phillies have scored a run against the worst team in baseball. Oh my lord! So we're tied with the worst they, team in baseball. They locked it up at, at, at one apiece. Oh, let's. So there let's you go. hope McCutcheon we can. Drove in a, McCutcheon drove in a run. So uh, there's life. I guess. All right. <laughs> Is that a good transition to the Phillies? Yes. No, or... no. Well, hold, well, yeah, in other Sixers news, JJ Redick retires. Um, today, what is your JJ? What is your memory of JJ Redick? Will he be missed in your households? I'll let Gene go first on that. Thoughts on JJ? I, I I liked a lot of things about the way JJ's game sort of complimented Joel Embiid. Um, I, I don't love JJ Redick the the personality, mostly because JJ Redick has a much different view of his himself than I think that public perception is i think jj reddick thinks he's some sort of like media rock star and like influencer and i just don't think that he carries the weight that jj reddick like thinks that he carries i think that if, if jj reddick had like a dose of humility uh maybe he ended up sort of being a a mercenary for his career you know he had some very good seasons but he uh, who are like what uniform are you going to remember JJ Redick in? Because I'll tell you what uniform I'll remember him in. It's Duke, and I hate Duke. Uh, it's a Clipper uniform for me. Um, I don't know. I uh, guess this is where you remember. I mean, like, look, I, I, I enjoyed his time in Philly. I guess it was two years. Um, the the whole comments after his time here about coming to Philly for the one year bag really kind of soured me, even though intellectually I knew it was true right. all along. Uh, but I just felt like, you know, come on, man, you don't say it, dude. Be right. like be like that. <laughs> we don't we don't we don't say these things out loud. We keep those in our inner monologues. Yeah, I you know. Because know. who benefits by funny. saying stuff like that? Like, ooh. Ooh, look at JJ Reddick telling it how it yeah, is. How, how cool are you? Speaking truth to power. No, you just sound like an idiot. And I think ultimately, like, you know, let me let me course correct on that. I don't know that like, maybe he did come here for the one year bag. I think he enjoyed his time in Philadelphia, to be honest. Like, I actually do think he liked it here, but he never wanted to really admit that on a national level, which kind of right. also was like. Well, because I think, again, this is like sort of to my point, J.J. Reddick feels like the brand is J.J. Reddick. Like he, he he was sort of became the stereotypical, like like a mercenary. He he there was no. There was no sort of like I want I never felt like he was a guy that was like had to win. I think he wanted to win. I think he liked winning, but there was never a, he never felt like a guy that like just had like a drive to win, which is why he ended up at. It like playing for the Pelicans. I just like, can't believe guy. JJ Reddick's hair and Dario Saric's hair were on the same team at the same time <laughs> that's insane, on the right court there. together. Yeah. Sarah, you wanted to jump in there? Um, but, uh, sure. It's Reddick just seemed like 
you know, a, a one-trick pony, and he did that trick very well. You know, he was a, a phenomenal shooter and just sort of bouncing around the league as like a, a kicker would, you know? It's mm-hmm. sort of like, hey, our team needs this asset. J.J. Redick is currently the, the white guy who hits threes in the league. Let's bring him in for a year, and then the, the next team that needs somebody, a three-point specialist, to pick him up. So I, I feel like the, the mercenary bit is part of his brand. And it really does take away from the idea of I'm here to establish a, a team. I'm here to win a championship with this team for Philadelphia for yada, yada, yada. And, you know, a lot of that stuff is sometimes a lot of that stuff is just talk, you know, just saying things what people want to hear. But a lot of times there is loyalty. You know, Embiid is a Philly guy. That is not a performance. He loves this city and this city loves and he could pull a Ben. I really, really, really hope he doesn't. But if he pulls a Ben tomorrow, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be night and day difference. It's going to be, that's a shame. I really wish Embiid would stay. Man, okay, it'll be more, it'd be more, it'd be more animated than that's a shame, but it'd be night and day difference. And JJ just didn't have any attachment to the city. So it was hard to have a, an attachment to him. Um, okay. Here's my here's my transition. Compare and contrast the Ben Simmons situation to that of Carson Wentz. Is it more similar or not really the same thing at all? Do I need to get my blue book ready? Like this is that is a wonderful essay question. It really is. Compare and contrast. Yeah. Um, give me a moment to to think it over, but. I, I would say that the one thing Carson did, and I mean, if it, if I have to speak well about Carson Wentz, you know the the bar is low. But he wasn't so public in his trade demands. You know, it was out there. There were rumblings, but it wasn't as explicit. It wasn't. I am not going to show up to camp. I have played my last game in an Eagles jersey, or there was. It was soft pedaled out there. It wasn't as screw you to the team as as Ben's was. Right now, and look what happened. He got traded. Yeah, he got traded um, because the Eagles were able to find some value with him. If and, he had, and I mean, like, it's possible that that deal ends up being good for both teams. Like very honestly, it could. You know, if Carson Wentz ends up the being Sixers able to and strike. Eagles. No, no, sure. I meant the Eagles. What's the, the other Colts? team? Sure, it's going to go great for the Colts. Sure, <laughs> but if but if Wentz went scorched earth and was like, I'm <laughs> I'm going to break my own rib, <laughs> 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 or or I you know I don't know I will hold on to the ball to perpetuity. <laughs> uh, you know the the Eagles might not have been able to move him, and then you know I don't know what would have happened. I like I. I I don't know, but like he at least kept it civil and, you know, he was able to get traded instead. We got this, the, the other thing was, was like, you know, at least Carson Wentz when he was on the field was actively trying to play football and, and win the game. I mean, it wasn't like, All right, I don't pass. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I could take the snap. Uh, you know, I can scramble, 
uh, I don't pass. It's like, please, Carson, we need you to throw one pass a game. It's like, no, I don't do that. That's not part of my game. How but about I'm lateral? I'm an excellent free safety. Sure, I will pitch the ball. Uh, <laughs> I will I will throw if it is uh, behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> no. I will not complete a forward pass. No, read my lips. No forward pass. Yeah. I don't know where – I don't know why this is the impression of Carson Wentz, but it is. <laughs> I, I did wonder about that, but I was going to let it slide. Okay. All right. Um, Carson, two bum wheels. Hate to see it happen. This season, yes, we do. Yeah, we well, wanted to. I don't care. I wanted. <laughs> I wanted him to be out there and be bad for the Colts every single week. I we, know. I know. I, he got intercepted on a shovel pass. A shovel pass. That's the hilarious. That's hilarious. Got intercepted. Finds new and creative ways to to turn the ball over every game. The whole one a game mantra is still going. Is still holding strong. And I, you know. I, I'm happy that it wasn't just like an Eagles trip. That, I, I think that's the thing that is most like the largest part of the relief is because like we're always so afraid that a player is going to go somewhere else and then like realize Flourish. their potential, you know, yeah. like, uh, oh, my gosh, Vince Velasquez is with the Padres now and he's going to be. He's going to be dominant. It's like he's going to no, get a ring. He's, he's still Vince Velasquez. And he still does <laughs> Vinny Velo type of things. And, and Carson Wentz is with the Colts, and he's still doing Carson Wentz type of things. Like I, yeah, getting picked off and getting hurt. Those are and holding the, the ball too long. Those are the brands. and getting injured against the Rams. That's like his thing. Mm, uh, all right, but, yes. but all right, but I mean, our football team. Um. One more thing about those comparisons, though. It's like, so two weeks without Carson Wentz. And I'm actually a happy football fan. Okay, we're one-on-one. This week didn't go so hot. But I feel like it's drama-free. We're going to talk about some plays. We're going to talk about some decisions. We're going to talk about where we need to get better and injuries and stuff. What we're not talking about is, who's better, Carson Wentz or Nick Foles? Or like... When is Todd, Carson? That's the going first time we've adjust. mentioned that name in a really long time. You, you know, <laughs> how we we couldn't have gone a week last season without talking about a guy who was playing for the Bears. It was it was you know, it was crazy. Yeah, it right. is it is night and day difference, Dave. Like you said, it's it, I don't know if it's the weight of expectations, the frustration being just so much lower to start. I don't with Jalen's uh hurts young career. I don't know what it is exactly. I think a lot of the all three of those things play into it, but it's just a lot more fun to watch the Eagles, even even after a loss, even after a, a, a loss where the Eagles shot themselves in the foot uh, repeatedly, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel so frustrating. You know, I, I saw some people go, well, let's not call the, the loss to the 49ers a moral victory. And I'm not calling it a moral victory either, but there are good things in that game. There's a lot to walk away from that loss to go, hey, there's something here. This Eagles team sure. might be better than I thought in the offseason. Actually, sorry, this Eagles team is better than I thought they would be in the offseason. And I mean, Absolutely. you know, 17... 17 points, the defense held. Like, that's something, you know, The uh, Jimmy Johnson, you know, uh, always used to say, you know, if I hold a team to 17, 
That's a you win. should win the game. Yeah, yeah you, you should, should win, win game. that game. And we held the team to 17. There were some things that offensively, you know, we could have done a better job. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Uh, you know, when you make a 91-yard play, you expect points. Maybe get some points off of that. Um, and the, you know, there was some missed opportunities. Like, I don't want to sit here and say we should have won that game. Because but we could have. We, we could have won, that. won the game for sure. Uh, and there's majority of football games, I feel like the losing team has an opportunity to say that. And they say, like, well, if we did this or we made this different decision or if the ball bounced this way, like we could have won that game. I mean, that's how close the NFL is. Um, I'm not, am I like bent out of shape by losing this game? Like, absolutely not. I, and actually the season's going according to plan so far. I thought we would win the Falcons game. I thought we would lose this game. Um, I think we're going to lose next game. Um, you know, I, were you waiting for Gene to explode at the, the prospect of losing to the Cowboys? Gene knows we're going to lose next week. He already knows. <laughs> right, Gene? I don't like to say things like that, but. Oh, it's Dallas son- week, baby. It's my son might week. be very tough. No, I, 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 I want to say this is, this is something I want to say. This, this game against the 49ers is the kind of game I feel like a rookie head coach has to have. You have oh, to right. have a game to that sort of where the head because I really do think that you could you Sirianni could look himself in the mirror and be like in, in, as much as it is a cliche to hear a coach say it I got to do a better job in this particular case I think that Sirianni really sort of there are moments with a, a young head coach where you've got you've got to start to realize when do you want to be influencing the game or do you want your players to be influencing the game? And I think that there were too many opportunities both in week one and in week two, but specifically against the 49ers where Sirianni with his decision-making was trying to have it be more his influence, like intellectual influence versus the athletic prowess of his players that, uh, influence the game. And well, the give, two exa- me, give me an example. What are you? The two mean? examples are you make a 91 yard play and you don't sure. get three points there. That was, there had to have been a series of. So is your questioning the going for it on fourth or was the play call series? I, I mean, you start off above. with a, you start off with a delay or with a uh, false start, obviously. Right. False right. starts but the I, hallmark of this team so far, really. Yeah, they really do need to like sort of practice that, whatever that is. And I don't know if that's just the crowd noise in general is is throwing teams across the league it seems like there are a lot of false starts in every game that i watch okay. uh to the point where it's annoying because i hate i hate pe- teams i hate games that have too many penalties it drives me bonkers um but i i think more the idea was i think sirianni as for the minute that he got down you know inside the five he was touchdown or bust in that drive because there were a lot of things that happened, you know, the false start, you know, that should have been like, okay, I'm going to be comfortable getting three here. But it seemed like that entire sequence was never coached in a way that was, I am comfortable getting out of here with points. It was always, I am going to get a touchdown here or bust. And at that point, we were winning three nothing, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. I, but there was also a lot of time left and a lot more time left in the half than, than I think that it, it was reasonable to feel like you were going to put them on the one yard line and they're not going to be able to move the ball. 
Um, because that's, I mean, that, that, that was the, the counter argument is, well, if I don't get three here, at least I'm leaving San Francisco with 90 some yards to go. Well, yeah, I get that. I, I do get that. And I mean, but what I think is, I think Sirianni, those were his sort of his, his thinking, but like the one thing that he didn't consider was the conventional wisdom is I need to have points here. This is a game where I am playing an opponent that is just waiting for an opportunity to exploit my weakness. And right now I have done a good job of holding them under. I don't want to let them land a punch that's going to change momentum. And one thing that is a good way to change momentum is make a huge stand on the goal line where you prevent the other team from getting points. That changes the entire energy of a game. And if you've watched football long enough, you know this is true. So it's important there psychologically for your offense to walk away with points where you don't feel like you've been undercut. Where you've, you know, running an offense in the NFL is not an easy thing. You, If you listen to quarterbacks talk, they constantly talk about pace and rhythm. Because it's much like if you have a, a good band. If you don't have that pace and rhythm in a, in, in a, in a, a band performing music. Rhythm is going to get you. Exactly. Rhythm is going to get you. You're going to sound like garbage. Rhythm is going to get you. <laughs> no, no, no. Garbage is a good band. I'm here to defend Shirley Manson. <laughs> You're going to sound like... Um, you're going to sound like rancid. How about that? <laughs> oh, Gene, man, you're killing my 90s taste in music. But I, I, I know what you're, you're getting You're going to sound like Dave. So you're going to sound like it doesn't get much worse than that. These are the Daves I know I know. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. How about, how about these injuries? So uh, Brandon Graham, done for the year. Hate that. Uh, just massive loss. Hate that. No, I mean the guy not like only is like a, just a is still a, a a player that is still performing at a high level, but the guy is maybe the heart and soul of the defense. I mean, I was just there is not a bigger person. I'm like Brandon Graham, like Brandon Graham and Kelsey right now. I think are the two like legend players. Like you could wear a, like their jersey for ever as an Eagles fan and people and nobody's like, yeah, ever like going right to do anything but give you a thumbs up yeah yeah, yeah. Brandon Graham's jersey will never ever go out of style double I mean, nickels yeah no it's a great jersey it's a great number uh he's a great player he's a great guy to look up to he's a wonderful interview I literally have nothing bad to say about the guy he's absolutely probably my favorite player currently on the defense um at least yeah, since Malcolm and, Jenkins um, left Achilles, right? Yeah, yeah. And so he'll never be the same. No, cool. I mean that's how it works. He's just you know, and he was sort of already you know there wasn't as much tread on the tire as you would like to see. Although he did have a very he had an up year last year, had a career year last year. But mm -hmm. these kind of injuries for guys that size that do what they do, it's really hard to have that same yep lift. It's sure, just Ryan not Howard can give him plenty of advice. Yeah, well, I think that that's a perfect, stay away from that slider down and away. Yeah, you'll be fine. So, yeah, what uh, other injuries were there to talk about? Well, Brandon Brooks uh, is like a torn peck. Yeah. At least that's six, not his legs. Six weeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's like, okay, well, another year of Brandon Brooks with some kind of situation. And it's not injury, like, yeah. you know, you just come back. 
ready to play as effective as you were when you went. I don't know. It's just not good. It's not good. And who's who's taking his spot? Uh, the Bama kid, right? Yep. Was so he like we'll a see. third round pick, we'll fourth round pick? <laughs> we'll see. I think the second round pick. Second round pick. We'll see how the rook does. You know, in between two vets, um, and hopefully, you know, the, that that line keeps playing at a high high level. Um, and on the defensive side, who's going to take? Who's taking Brandon Graham's spot? Well, you're going to see a lot more Josh Sweat. Probably you're going to see. Um gonna make you sweat yeah i think that the defensive line does have more depth than the offensive line obviously i think the strength yeah. of the team is both lines but what um, about what about go away um, real quick we saw that last year what about what's his face from tennessee what's his that face guy, from barnett tennessee. is that guy barnett. ever gonna play uh i don't know is that guy he ever was gonna learn how to play football correctly was he, he was a first round pick too wasn't he yeah yeah no it's, he I broke he, reggie white sack record yeah, well, come break his and actual. I'm a bust in the NFL <laughs> yeah. because the Eagles drafted me. That's w- one thing that uh, was not a bust in the NFL was the Minister of Defense. We we all know that. Um, right, right. The, the 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 thing to discuss here though is it is Dallas week, and although I am not as confident as I would like to be during Dallas week, I am excited to go into a game where I feel like. I don't think my team is going to beat me in Dallas. If we're going to lose this week, and it's very likely that that could happen, I think Dallas has got a very good offense. I'm not sure how we're going to – I just don't know how you cover all those guys. Um, But I just don't think that I'm going to have to watch Carson Wentz embarrass me in Dallas. And just that fact makes me super excited to watch a Monday night game. I wish it wasn't Monday night game. I hate primetime games, especially when your team is not the worst. Like, you know what I mean? Like, not aces. But They're the only way I get to see them, though, so thank God for this Monday night game. Yeah, I'm actually really ex- – you know, the only time I actually do sort of get jazzed, though, is, you know, it is sort of nice to have Dallas and be the only game in town. Um, and you all get to see really some other guys me. on Sunday. You all are really missing me in the Slack channel. I, oh, I we absolutely say, are. Thor football. Yeah. You're really missing me in there. Um, I want to. I want to touch on Monday Night Football with the the yeah. Cowboys. It's. I I'm a big convert to Sunday Night Football. I mean, it's been mm. a while since Monday Night Football has been really the premier game. But there is something about, like Gene says, to be in prime time, to be the only game going, to be this this premier matchup and have it to be against this hated rival that gets you excited. That gets you excited for, you know, Monday night, you're up past your bedtime, you know, at the start of the work week, you know, and Sunday does not feel like the start of the work week. I'm really dumb on Sunday nights. Like it does not feel like I'm going to have consequences the next morning. Um, even though, even even though I'm getting up, you know, just before five a.m. No matter <laughs> no matter when, but it it doesn't feel that way. Monday night football, Eagles, Dallas in Dallas. It's the stage is set for for something fun to happen. Now you guys are letting me know I should not expect that, but if if it does happen, if the Eagles. If the Eagles punch him in the face, not literally, um, if the Eagles punch them in the in the face and really make a statement that game, 
there we can have a moral victory. Um, I'd much prefer a regular victory, but a great effort, a consistent effort, and a in an effort that really shows the rest of the NFL this Eagles team might be a little bit real. You know, and we're not the real deal. We're not Super Bowl contenders, but just enough to say, hey, pay attention to us. Uh, Jalen Hurts is the real deal. You know, the Eagles do have weapons. The Eagles aren't to be looked over. This okay, is Bryce the kind Harper of game doubled. That... Bryce Harper doubled in the uh, bottom of the eighth, and he's on third base now with one out and Real Muto's up. Hey, that's what you love to see against the Orioles. Oh, um, no, I, I just want to say that you know, as far as the it's it's a battle of the head of the heart with the head and the heart with the with the Eagles game this week. I intellectually, I feel like Dallas. You know, the gambler side of me, I feel like Dallas would would be a good bet. Um, I wouldn't bet this game just because I don't bet Eagles games usually. Um, well, let's do it. Let's do pick, pick, Pickadelphia. What do you think? The Eagles are three and a half point dogs in this game. What you doing, Gene? Uh, What's Rev about Gene say about a three and a half point spread? I think that's a, that's saying take Dallas. <laughs> I think so. Too. And I hate, I hate that I have to say, I, I just. I'm just not ready yet with the Eagles. I would, uh, you know, I will be the the one that's hopping up and down off the couch. You know, it's one of those things where when I feel this way, where I feel like sort of like, oh, God, this will be a real struggle. This is when I mo get most excited to beat Dallas. Um, mm -hmm. I do like the position where I feel like Dallas is the better team, and that's when I like to really kick them in the nuts. Um, but um, this 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 just feels like we we just are a step a step behind. So uh, the riverboat. Gene is going to say, take Dallas if you want to make money. Uh, but, hey, my heart says, um, you know, get real excited if the Eagles can get up 14 nothing in the first quarter. How about a prop bet, Gene? Do you think uh, over under 1,000 yards for Amari Cooper on Monday night? Over under 1,000? <laughs> <laughs> under, but it's close. <laughs> okay. I'll um, tell you one other thing that worries me, and this is like forecasting out a little bit. Yeah. I think I think Kansas City loses this week to, to the Chargers. Uh, certainly do not. All right, let me just make it just put a disclaimer. Wait, what? My advice should not be considered for any. Wait, they just game. lost to the Ravens. I know. I still think the I still think you the think Chargers they're gonna lose gonna two win. in a row. Yeah, and then they, guess okay. who they play after that? <laughs> the, yeah, the Eagles. If they if they if the if Kansas City comes into Philadelphia after two losses, they may put oh up forty god. before kickoff. Oh my god. <laughs> that would be bad. We all need to be huge Kansas oh City Chiefs God. fans this week. As Eagles Bryce fans. Harper just got thrown out at home. Oh, that's not Jesus favorite. Christ. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I, I was going to say, like, should we do five minutes on the Phillies? But I, I think this is going to be a long, um, a long one. So let's just let's just let's just go right to the penalty box. All right. So um, we'll start with Dave because I don't know who to go with. I've, I've been promised lots of good stuff this week. So, Dave, who is in your penalty box? Oh, I haven't gone first in a while, so I'm not really. I'm not Got to really stretch serious. out. Okay. I am going to put um, the Happy Mango into the penalty box. Are you familiar with Happy Mango? Neither was no. I until today. So, Happy Mango makes um, like. 
think like Melissa and Doug esque toys, like wooden, uh, you know, like environmentally conscious uh, quality toys for children. Okay. And they make these like play sets, like, oh, you know, you want to grow up to be a doctor. And they'll give you like, you know, you want to be a chef. And they give you like this stuff. So uh, for $49.99, you can get the toy vlogger kit. <laughs> okay. And I'll read you, I'll read you the description here. <clears throat> a vlogger, video blogger, oh, is one of that's... the is <laughs> Oh, did you not know that, Gene? Oh, okay. Uh, a vlogger, video blogger, is one, is one of the top career choices that many of today's kids aspire to be. Designed to encourage children <laughs> to showcase their artistic talent, this playset encourages the, encourages the practice of communication skills and creative thinking. The set comes with, and these, these are like all wooden things, by the way. The set comes with a camera, a light ring made of rubber, clip-on microphone with adapter, selfie stick tripod, and a bag is included for easy transportation. Choice. So if this is the kind of thing now that we want our children to pretend to aspire to be, and believe me, the irony is not lost on me <laughs> talking about this <laughs> <laughs> uh, on a video podcast. Uh, but I thought maybe I could take the liberty to suggest uh, the Happy Mango, what maybe their next um, imagination playset could be. So I thought they could do a uh, ticket reseller. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and here's, here's my description that I wrote for them. I was going to uh, say, what do you have into these sort of like new age uh, careers? A ticket broker is one of the top career choices that many of today's kids aspire to be. <laughs> Designed to encourage children to showcase their entrepreneurial talent, this playset encourages the practice of sycophantic behavior and implementation <laughs> of circumventive algorithms. The set comes with a laptop, burner phone, fake mustache, and a general <laughs> self-loathing. The bag is included for easy transportation. So for that, I'm putting the happy fucking mango in the penalty box. Oh, wow. Happy mango. You're getting a penalty for not taking Dave's suggestion if you don't. Uh, bonus one. Bonus one. Um, <laughs> clickbait specialist. Um, oh, not bad. The description um, is behind the paywall. So you got to <laughs> You gotta go find out what's happening there. But happy mango for perpetuating new careers that nobody, and we recognize the irony, that no one should aspire to. Um, you're getting a double minor for a $50 wooden set. You can buy a freaking computer for $100. Um, I don't, happy mango, double minor, two minutes for a bunch of stuff. See, that's, that's here's my caveat for this self-righteousness. This is not our career. Well, that's true. If it were a career, if it were like one of those YouTube stars that they were uh, striving to be like, we'd be millionaires. So if Potadelphia's listeners want to help make that happen, please do. We're open to suggestions and we're open to donations. Uh, on that shameless note, Gene, Gene, who is in your penalty box this evening? 
I ironically, I, I mean, I had a lot of options, but mostly it would have been me because I had a I had sort of a rough weekend. Um, you did. So uh, I think aside from putting myself in the in, in the penalty box, which I absolutely deserve at least five to ten minutes. Um, I, I, I think what I'm going to do is, and this has just been a source of frustration for me is, uh, I'm going to put in TikTokers who inspire you to stay tuned for part two, because they are unable to edit themselves to the minute format. In most cases, some of these people, you'll end up seeing parts two, three, four, five, and six. These are the kinds of TikToks that I don't enjoy. I think that the art form of the TikTok is really succinct when you have people do like mashups, like where they take a classic by Queen and throw in underneath of Freddie Mercury's vocals, the berries and cream guy. That to me is chef kiss sort of good if you get it done right. What I don't need to hear is somebody describing something that they've done get to the climax of said story and then say, oh, you know, follow for part two. Much like your clickbaity friend, the whole point of the art form is for me to watch one minute of something and then go on to the next thing. I, I do not want long form programming on TikTok. I do not want to be, be, be boondoggled underneath 25 minutes to hear one story by one creator. If you want to do that, if you want to tell 25-minute stories, talk to the people at StreamYard. They'd be happy to have you do something like we're doing right now. <laughs> you've, you've missed the point, TikTokers. You are the brain children. You are the, the genetic followers of the Vine. The Vine did not require monologues. It was not the art form. Get a hold of yourself, TikTok. You you can be great. Stop with the multi-part monologues. We already have that. We have that. Go and put that where it belongs. Keep TikToks where they belong. All right. TikTokers who cannot keep to a minute. Respect the art form, respect the medium, and go somewhere else. You are getting a 10-minute game misconduct, but it's going to be broken out in little one-minute segments that you're just going to have to find the next link for. Yeah. TikTokers, you don't... For the whole penalty. Yes, indeed. I didn't hear that, but word is going to plow ahead. <laughs> TikTokers, you're going in the penalty box. Do we not have a whistle tonight? Oh, Dave's muted. Dave is muted. There we go. Sarah, who was in your penalty box tonight? Um, not you. You escaped. Um, I do have to just backtrack a moment to Gene when he said TikTokers as successors of the vine. That read as very Catholic mass to me. Like, <laughs> like successors of the vine work the human hands have made. That's neither here nor there. Um, and we're I don't showing our Catholic, be... we should probably shake that out a bit, shake out the Catholicism. <laughs> Believe me, I'm trying. Um, but we're going to talk about people who are guilty and guilt ridden. And I'm going to talk about Anthony Sanfilippo. Yes, we could not go this whole episode without talking about the most recent, um, Anthony Sanfilippo, um, 
occurrence to, to visit the penalty box. This is not his first time, but this is going to be the most severe. So for those of you who do not know, um, you're probably better off, but that's about to change. So the other day, I want to say it was Sunday evening. Um, Samuel Moran, um, as reported by Anthony Sanfilippo, had suffered another uh, debilitating leg injury, knee injury. And he felt really bad about the big guy being, you know, um, set back in his career. And Anthony was the only one reporting this. He was not the only one hearing this. Um, Russ Cohen, who I know from the Locked on Flyers podcast, um, he said on that very podcast that, yep, it's going around the press room that something is up with Sam Moran. But nobody could confirm it. Anthony Sanfilippo apparently could and said that, he had sustained a substantial injury. The very next day, Riley Cote shares the text message exchange he had with Sam Moran, and Sam said nothing of the sort happened. Fast forward to today. Um, on Tuesday, the Flyers say that Samuel Moran will be out six to eight weeks after having a procedure done on his knee to remove uh, debris, to remove, I, I forget the exact term, but you know the crap you get in your knees and people get scoped and removed. That's what happened. Schmutz. schmutz. There we go. Mixing it up. Uh, mixing up our cultures tonight. Um, but <laughs> you get the schmutz removed. And Anthony Sanfilippo is trying to take credit for this being accurate reporting. And it is not. A maintenance procedure is very different than an injury. You know, a maintenance procedure at the beginning of the season, you know, where it was probably a calculated decision to get it done now is very different for yet another injury. You are you are borderline correct, but you are perpetuating the the wrong idea. And this is not the first time he has done this. I am going so far to say he is no longer a reliable source. You know, on this show, many times I've said Anthony does not make up stuff whole cloth. There has got to be something there. I have said that he's been irresponsible with information in the past. And now he is just too irresponsible to trust. And that really pains me because when he was with the Delco Times, where I read him in the Delco Times, I, I forget where his home base was, but whatever. But when I read him in the Delco Times, he was a good reporter. He was my favorite Flyers read. But that, and Gene just could not take the, the Anthony Sanfilippo uh indictments that Gene had to leave, but he has squandered all of that goodwill. And he's done it repeatedly. He has the Sam Moran exaggeration, the uh, Tarasenko trade that never happened that he said was a done deal. The Kevin Hayes does not want to play in Philadelphia. The Nolan Patrick is on his way to Vegas. Yeah, he made it there eventually. And I I, I mean, don't hold me on that when I don't know how firmly he said it, but he certainly took credit when he was traded months later. <laughs> it's, and he's attempting to do it again. He's going, I'm proved right. Well, let's see what happens in November. That's not an injury. And if you, if you cannot be responsible with your words, if you cannot be responsible with the information you're putting out there, then 
I am not going to just blindly react to what he puts out there until it's confirmed by somebody else. So Anthony Sanfilippo, you're getting a 10-game uh, suspension. Re rehab your career. Rehab your reputation because you've ruined it. Like, not to put a too fine a point on it, but you can't be the boy who cried trade rumor and keep getting away with it. So, Anthony Sanfilippo, you're going to the box. All right, that is all the time we have for today. We'll be back next Tuesday. Um, I don't know. We may be eulogizing the Phillies. I think we will. We, we might. We might, but maybe not. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll be wrapping up uh, Dallas week. We'll be previewing uh, week four. Uh, and, um, I mean, the Simmons saga is just going to continue. And when does, um, when does Flyers camp open? Thursday. Flyers All camp right. opens in two days. Oh, yeah. um, I talked happen. about I talked about unlocked on Flyers. Um, what in what'll be tomorrow's show, Wednesday show, and I'll be back for Thursday's show as well. Hopefully, to talk a little more about the upcoming camp. Awesome, awesome. So we'll be back next Tuesday at nine fifteen. If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Also, check us out on social media: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Potadelphia. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the Whip Around for all the week's weird news. Be sure to follow and check out the Painted Lines on YouTube. Uh, for more Philly sports coverage. Also, check out the Philadelphia Sports Alliance on Facebook um, for a whole bunch of Philly sports content there. Um, so until we see you again next Tuesday, have a great, uh, have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of here.